Welcome to the K-12-ish podcast. Today, we're joined by Tom Gibson. He's been a teacher for nine years. He teaches middle school math, robotics, YouTube video production, and works within the advisory program. You are a two-time teacher of the year based in Austin. So congratulations. That's amazing. Um, You're very active on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and your YouTube channel has over 8,000 subscribers, I saw. So, wow. Uh, You also host a podcast called Stories from the Classroom, and you've released two different courses available on your website on financial literacy, so teaching that to students, and then creating distance learning videos, which is very important right now. Um, I also saw that you're a practitioner of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're learning ma- Mandarin. So I don't know where you find the free time to do this. Very cool. <laughs> well, I haven't done jiu-jitsu since, since COVID started because yeah. I can't really do that distancely, like social distancing. But, yeah. yeah. And then I just saw that you had a baby girl. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So right before Yeah. She's about started. almost, yeah. She was like, Born like two weeks before like COVID was declared a pandemic. Wow. So it's like, well, at least she, she's already born now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, two weeks of normalcy to start yeah. off her life. And, you know, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the global pandemic starts. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Anna. Cool. So I just thought I'd start it off with kind of a random question, but tell me about your first job. My first job. My first job was Carl's Jr., in Ooh. El Paso, Texas. It was a, uh, it was a good burger place. Um, I didn't have the best work ethic when I think back to like my time there. I'm like, I was, I remember just like trying to like not have to do as much work. Um, but I only did that for, for a couple months. Uh, and then my first job that like I stayed at for a long time was a grocery store. Uh, it's real popular here in Texas called HEB. Um, okay. and I was a bagger there. I worked in the produce department, um, I had a lot of fun being the guy that was doing the samples and trying to get people to buy them, uh, mainly because I, I learned, I'm like, this is way more fun if I just try to make people laugh because um, I'm not getting any commission off of these things. And so I actually learned a lot about like the psychology of sales, like <laughs> doing peddling like mac and cheese and rotisserie chicken and stuff like that. Um, but those were like my first uh, first two jobs. I worked at the grocery store for about five years. Um, awesome. So I, I moved on to something else. Very cool. And then it looks like you studied audio engineering in college, you said? Yeah. Yeah. It was a a bachelor's of science in sound recording technology. It was audio and a lot of video stuff as well. Um, And so I continued to kind of do that stuff later on. I, all through college, I was always like making short videos. I remember visiting my mom's Panamanian and I went to go visit Panama with her, but it was the first time I had been and I had made like a vlog before vlogs were a thing on, on YouTube. It was like 2008. Um, and I just had a lot of fun, like making videos and learning all about like how to get good sound and how to make things interesting and engaging. And, uh, most of the people that were in my program after they finished college went, had to go work for free in like a music studio because the, mm-hmm. the music industry wasn't doing super great. And I'm like, I like all this stuff, but I don't, I like working on my own projects and I don't really want to work for free. And so um, that's when I ended up deciding like, I guess maybe, maybe I can see if I can do this, this teaching thing. So yeah. Uh, so Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. No, I was going to say like, what brought you to education then? Because you know, audio engineering, like that's not necessarily a feeder into 
teaching yeah. programs. Yeah. yeah. Um, throughout college, uh, there's not, I never really wanted to be a teacher, but I was, I was doing little things where I was teaching. Um, I was a part of a, a campus Christian group, uh, where we were putting on a Bible study for, for international students. And many of them weren't oh. Christians, but they were just curious about what, what the Bible said and what we believed as Christians. And I remember a lot of nights we would have like a, a short, um, part of the Bible that we'd be reading and trying to talk about. And people People, you know, I would go to the library and print out that passage in all these different languages and Korean and Turkish and wow. Japanese and Chinese. And um, looking back on that now, I was like, well, that was totally like me differentiating to make this text as accessible to everyone that was there and like kind of like level it out. And so they're, they're at least able to read it in their native language and then kind of share their own thoughts on it, what they think it means, how it kind of connects to their worldview. And I remember also one moment in electronics uh, a class on electronics class. Uh, I, I wasn't very good at electronics. Um, and I remember that the, the teacher was struggling to explain this one concept that, that for whatever reason, this was one of the concepts that I kind of got. It was like yeah. a sequence of things that you had to do. And I remember thinking like, I feel I could totally explain this like in a way that would make sense to other people. And the teacher was just like struggling and people were like, I'm just, I'm really confused. I don't understand. And he said, does anyone want to try to explain this better. And I was like, I'll, I'll try. Um, and then I shared my thought process and I had friends after class that were like, I had no idea what was going on. And so you kind of got up there and shared it. Um, and so those little things were kind of like, well, maybe I can, maybe I could see how I could do this, this teaching thing. And I substitute taught for, for like the semester before my first year of actually teaching when I was going through my alternative certification program. And that's like the total trial by fire to develop your classroom management skills is like substitute teach. And like and from kindergarten to seniors in high school, I was trying all wow. these different grades. And um, it was, it, I, it was one of the first things that I had done where I was like, I really want to get good at this. Like the days that, that I actually was able to kind of, you know, get the class to do what I wanted them to do, but not in a way where I was threatening to punish them or tell their teacher, but I made them want to kind of work or listen to me when I was a sub. I was like, that's, that's cool. Like I, yeah. I felt like it was such a win and like, I wanted to, to figure out how, how to do it well. Um, and so then I, then I started teaching in the fall of 2011 uh, and Very have cool. been doing it since. I mean, and things are quite different teaching now, but um, when you think about that first year in education, I worked in education in the past and I have a lot of friends that are teachers. There's always that one moment that sticks out to you that makes you think like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm, I'm doing what I love. Is there a moment you had with a student in one of your initial classes as a full-time teacher that sticks with you to this day? Well, the first moment that I think back to was actually, I was doing a long-term subbing position okay. uh, in, a, in a pretty rough school. Um, there were just so many discipline problems and teachers were just leaving the school. Uh, kids were always getting into fights in the hallway. And the, the principal there asked me uh, if I would be willing to cover a class. They were going to get rid of a teacher three weeks before the end of school. Wow. And he asked if I would be willing to cover that class the rest of the school year. And so I said, yes. And then I went back uh, into the classroom um, that I was doing with that day. And I almost had like a panic attack because I was thinking like, these kids have not had any structure all year. Yeah. It's the last, I mean, I, I would hear that class like five five rooms down the hallway they were um, that class just, yeah <laughs> and and i'm like there's been no structure all year i'm trying to come in the last three weeks of school which is going to be hard in any context 
um, and try to do something. And I remember like the weekend before I was like reading all of these things on like classroom management and how to like teach an English class. And like, I'd never taught English and I hadn't taught anything really. And, and so I remember I, I, I started having some conversations with kids that were, that were acting up. Um, and I remember learning like, okay, like, call them outside, have a conversation, be respectful to them. Don't try to do this like power play or anything. And I remember just talking with this student and saying like, you can't, you can't behave this way. You know, like I want to see you, I want to see you do well, um, but you can't behave this way. And he ended up having to come in for detention to, to finish up some work. And I remember that, and he had gotten in trouble for just yelling out profanities and stuff. And he was working on something and he was frustrated because, because he was, he couldn't understand, like he had some, some, some reading disabilities and read problems reading. And I was working with him on it. And I remember he was getting so frustrated and he cussed, swore under his breath. And then he's like, I mean, shoot, you know, and kind of was like, <laughs> Oh, cause I know we had that conversation and, and he left and he said, thank you for helping me. And wow. like, I, and he came back and like, he was never a problem. He was one of the kids that was the biggest problems um, and just always interrupting. And, and, and he just wasn't a problem the rest of the year and wanted to do well and wanted to complete wow. his work. Um, and it was just like, wow, like I was able to like connect with this kid in this, in this situation that was really, really hard. Um, and that was one of the first moments that I was like, I think, I think I can do this. I think this is, this could be really like meaningful work for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really powerful story. I mean, I think it, you're like always reading about the importance of the relationship between the teacher and the student. But I think like that just really speaks to it of like just showing a kid that you believe in them and you're willing to work with them and talk to them. I think that that's huge. Uh, so besides being like a teacher of students, you're also a teacher of other teachers, I would say. I mean, you're yeah. putting out courses, all these how-to videos on your YouTube and then across your social platforms. What got you to first start connecting with teachers online? Well, I started making stuff on YouTube and some of it was teaching related because I just wanted to share what I knew. Um, but a lot of it was just kind of random. And it wasn't until, you know, somewhat recently that I was like, okay, I want to kind of turn this into a business. Um, and then as I started thinking, you know, as like my teacher brand, you know, like what is what is something that I, I'm passionate about and I could talk about a ton and I could offer um, offer valuable, valuable insight into for other teachers and, and education was that thing. Um, and so, so I started making, I really focused a lot of time originally on uh, the YouTube channel. Um, and then I remember I was, I was blogging a lot at the time. And one of the blog uh, reflections was like, okay, record, record uh, 10 minutes of audio in your class and then reflect on it. Uh, what did you like? What did you not like? And at the time I'd wanted to start a podcast for a while. I had the audio engineering background. I had done freelance yeah. voiceover work. And I'm like, I feel a podcast is like in me and I just don't, I don't know how to do it yet. And like, that was like the start of the podcast. I actually recorded the audio and then reflected on it and made like an episode and started making a lot more. But, um, I, I think it's just part of it wanting to do the business, but part of it just like, I, I wanted to, to help teachers, not only with the things that I had found already successful, um, but so much of my content is reflective in nature um, because I knew that reflecting on it 
and putting it out there in the world would make me a better teacher as well. Um, I remember for one year I was recording um, all these different projects in my robotics class and it was like a robotics video series and I was doing the same thing in my math classes and it really forced me to think like, how am I going to make this like an interesting lesson so that it actually even looks good, like on camera, you know, kids working on a worksheet doesn't make for an interesting video. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I was creating like YouTube content forced me to rethink how I was doing stuff in class wow. in an effort to make better content. I was making better lessons um, and more meaningful lessons and kids were things where kids were up and about and working together and collaborating because I knew like that's going to look way more interesting and meaning and will be more interesting and meaningful uh, for the kids. And so it was a way to make myself better, um, but also in a way that would that would help other teachers because I was always going to YouTube for ideas that, that that one weekend I was telling you about where I was looking at all these classroom management I like binged on this one this one group's uh, videos that were all about classroom management and that's where I would go to, to kind of learn things and so I was like it made sense for me to put with my audio and video background to put uh, the content out there to hopefully help out other teachers as well uh, and then over time just like maybe I can make a business out of this as well. That's fantastic so did you notice a difference with your students when you started activating learning then more like they were more engaged? Were they like more excited about the lessons? Like what was some of that? What did you see? What was the impact on students? Yeah, it is. It definitely had like, you know, they were more fun. The lessons were actually more fun. Um, and the kids enjoyed it. And like, you know, always, you know, talked about like years later, like, oh, do you still do that cheese it activity for the square roots thing? Or do you still do this robotics project? Um, but what was interesting about like when I was doing a lot of like filming in the classroom, you know, the kids would actually see I was kind of modeling a growth mindset for them in the content that I was creating for other teachers. Uh, because whenever I made a video, I didn't want like parents to stumble across it and not know that it was out there. So I would send the video as soon as I finished it to the kids in the class and the parents in the class, just to be like, Hey, this was made for other teachers, but I wanted to share, give you all a little bit of insight of what's going yeah. on in the class. And they, and they saw me reflecting in those videos. They're, they're looking for themselves and like laughing, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, there I am. but they saw me kind of reflecting in those videos and like saying like, okay, if I did this project again, and I think something I would change is this because of that. Um, and showing like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning from my mistakes and I'm not afraid to share some of those mistakes as well as some of the things that have gone well. Um, and it got to the point where they were just kind of like, are you making a video this week, Tom? You know, and some of the kids just love, love being on camera and some of the parents too, um, just getting that insight into what's going on in the classroom. We're like, Oh, thank you so much. Like whenever I asked my kid how things were at school, I don't really get a lot, but to be able to kind of see what was going on in this video it's like it's, it's real I really enjoy it and I really appreciate it and the fact that I'm editing it there's like nice cool music and it's edited and I'm only getting like the best shots so it ends up looking great you know maybe even better than it was in the classroom but uh, it did help uh, create my uh, create a classroom that was that was kind of fostering instead of me just talking about a growth mindset I was actually demonstrating it to the wow. kids inviting them into that um, and then of course just making better lessons uh, as a result too. That's great. Like you're really modeling for students what you want them to apply to their own lives. So what does this look like now while you're teaching virtually? Yeah, right now, um, I will say that I, 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 I'm glad that I've kind of been investing into like this YouTube setup uh, for the last like three or four years. I was like, wow, yeah. like all these like microphones and cameras and dual screens and little peripherals that I've been using and acquiring over the years are really, really coming in handy. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of things I'm still trying to think through like, 
as far as the the relationship building piece like how can i how can i continue to build these relationships with kids um even though we're virtual and like even one of the little things that i used to do every day was whenever they came through my classroom at the i would greet them all at the door and then i would have like a different greeting based on the day of the week you know like so it started with like high five fridays uh thankful thursdays what are you thankful for besides your friends and your family or yeah. you know two thumbs up tuesday you know <laughs> and i would have like a different thing every week and for those who are wondering wednesday becomes waving wednesday and then monday <laughs> monday was the hardest one i needed an yeah. m and so i said mini fist bump monday and so they'd have to like knuckle bump, you know, it was like, okay, it, it took a while to come up with something there, but I'd still do that on like on zoom, you know, like I, I'm yeah. like, happy high five Friday. And I give like a high five to the camera. I'm like, Oh, you're not gonna leave me hanging. Are you? Oh, I can't see you. Your camera's on. Where are you? Oh no, you're not gonna let, you know, okay. uh, and just kind of like having fun with it and, and still trying to connect and say, say all their names as they're coming. Happy high five Friday, Jay, happy high five Friday, Ela. Um, because I think it's, it's important, especially for those kids that are, you know, they, even though you ask them to put their cameras on, they, they keep their cameras off. They don't really engage. They don't really engage chat, the chat. We're having at least that, that one moment where I, I see you, you're seeing, you're, yeah. heard, you're heard, hearing your name heard. Um, and, and it's not, it's not in the same way uh, as being in class, but um, it's, it's, it's the small steps and the small little things that uh, I'm trying to still do to let them know, like, okay, I do see you and I do value you and I do appreciate that you're here. Yeah. And, and it kind of goes back to that first story you shared about that student when you were the um, long-term sub, like just making them feel seen and heard. So that's great to hear. Um, so I thought we could go into some of the trivia questions then to wrap this up. Um, yeah. So these are just for the listeners, a set of questions that are kind of related to what you're doing in your day-to-day. And I just think there's some interesting statistics in there. So let's see, we'll test your knowledge. Um, So I know that you work within the STEM space. So a report came out with U.S. universities are expected to produce only what percent of the required number of STEM grads of like what we would need to fill all the STEM positions in the United States. Uh, What responsibility does the universities carry as far as the percentage of, of STEM jobs they need to fill? Yeah, or like field that they need to fill, or how many? There are certain number of graduates we would need to graduate with STEM degrees. So, what Mm -hmm. percentage are we actually of that of the like full one hundred percent? What percent are we going to reach? Twenty four percent. That's just my favorite number. (laughs) (laughs) Very close, actually. And with deal or no deal rules, you would be right. So it's twenty nine percent. Okay, because I didn't go over. Is that the deal? No no deal rules. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the price is right. (laughs) Yeah, or that's it. Whatever. (laughs) I'm so bad at these. Um, But yeah, twenty nine percent. So, which I do think is really interesting, and I know a big part of that is just getting STEM education in front of students because so many students. It's something they only have access to in high school, for example. Mm -hmm. So by that point, they've already developed their quote unquote interests. So I know that you teach it at the middle school level and teaching it to both male and female students, I think is really important because it makes any student feel capable of learning STEM and working within it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had, I've, I've had girls that have wanted to be in robotics class and sometimes I'm like, they, they, they show up on day one and then the, they're the only girl. And I'm like, stay in robotics. You know, yeah. like, I know you're interested in this. I know you can do this. Whereas I have other girls that are like, all right, I'm the only girl. Let's do this. And then they like yeah. blow everyone out of the water. Like their codes are the most efficient. <laughs> like they, they are up for the challenge. And so I'm always trying to like make sure that they, 
it's a it's a place that they feel like okay i can do this even though i'm 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 not like everyone else here you know everyone else here is a guy and i'm a girl and i can still do this you know and letting them know like to, to build up that confidence you know especially at the middle school level you know it's like it could go yeah. either way once they're in middle right. school and you know, it's a lot harder sometimes to kind of for them to to change their ways of thinking or the there's there's other other things that they're working through by the time they get through high school so i'm glad i get the chance to to kind of at least give that opportunity to to all my students when they're in middle school yeah absolutely cool so then the next one that i had was there was another survey done of teachers since you're always on social media uh, I thought this would be interesting. So according to teachers, what is the most popular tool they use for their work? Well, since uh, you most- said social media, I'm yeah, going to say yes. Twitter, um, possibly, yeah. maybe. It's actually Pinterest, which was like oh, yeah, 70% true. said Pinterest. And then the next one was Facebook. And that was like 20%. Like it was like really? this wide like a, a wide margin between it. And I was kind of surprised with that, that Pinterest is still going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, I remember Pinterest from like 2011 when my wife was looking for like wedding ideas. Exactly. <laughs> like that's the yeah. last time we looked at Pinterest and, but that makes a lot of sense. And that's like one of the social media platforms that like, I, I wasn't like actively on already. So I didn't, I haven't yeah. really like stuff up there, but I don't know. Maybe I'm leaving a lot on the table by not exploring Pinterest. I don't, I mean, I just, I had no idea that Pinterest was still a thing until I saw this. (laughs) So I learned a lot. Um, I was like, okay. And then the last question I had for you was there is a survey done of teachers amidst like this whole transition to distance learning. And it, so my question is what, according to teachers, did they say their biggest need was with online learning? Uh, probably time or a clear plan of what's going to happen next month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's similar. It's strategies to keep students engaged and motivated. And I think a lot of that comes down to, there is no clear plan that they were like, I don't know how long this is going to last for students are kind of checked out. Like, what are we doing? So, yeah. But I I would say that, that, that it's, 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 it's hard to compete with the internet. You know, (laughs) I mean, I saw like a video, I think it went viral on TikTok of like a Mm -hmm. kindergarten teacher and, you know, just how expressive she was and how, you know, how much grace she had for the kid that just couldn't get his microphone on. Yes. And she, in the interview, she's saying, you know, like, I almost see myself as a performer because, you know, I'm really trying to keep the kids, you know, engaged and interested and like, you know, I got this little, this little thing called a stream deck where it's got all these buttons that I could program to do anything. Thing. And I've added all these like sound effects so that way I can just like bust them out in the middle class when things get stale. It's like I teach middle school, so there's like a fart sound effect on there, and then there's like an air horn, and then there's like applause, or when I say something and no one says anything, I do the crickets, you know, just to just to make it more fun for myself because I think yeah. that's gonna that's gonna translate to hopefully being a more a more enjoyable experience for the kids too. But it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to keep them engaged. It's hard to keep yeah. them there um, the, during distance learning. No, I mean, I've seen so many like the quote unquote TikTok teachers um, and they're like just filming themselves, not their students, obviously, yeah. but just like the levels that they're having to go to 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 show excitement for the lesson yeah. and like try to get students motivated. I mean, it's really it's impressive. I'd be exhausted after like 30 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. So that's all I have. Um, so I wanted to kind of leave some time here for you to share um, where our listeners can find you. I know you're on all the social media platforms. You have YouTube. Um, if you wanted to share your handles for those or your website yeah. as well. Yeah. On Twitter, I'm at Gibson EDU. YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash Gibson EDU. Uh, Instagram, it's Gibson Education, spelled all the way out. Um, those are the places LinkedIn. I think you just have to search my name, Tom Gibson, yeah. uh, T-H-O-M, um, G-I-B-S-O-N. Uh, I actually really like LinkedIn because it's like one of the yeah. few places that I can kind of see it as like micro blogging. Like yeah. I can like write something, but I don't need like a pretty picture that goes with it as well. And then Twitter, it's so short. And so it's like, it's kind of been like, I've enjoyed it that, that more recently in like the last like three or four months. Um, and my website, that's kind of got everything there from like, you know, links to my YouTube and all that, uh, as well as the, the two online courses, one, like you said, about teaching kids financial literacy in the classroom, regardless of the, the subject that you teach. I do this in math, science and robotics. Yeah. Um, and the other one is like how to make videos for distance learning. Um, that's with the beginner in mind who's like this whole idea of making videos yeah. is daunting and I feel it's going to take me forever. It takes one hour to get through that course, uh, from start to finish. And so, um, both of those, um, are at tomgibson.com, T H O M. G-I-B-S-O-N.com. Perfect. And we'll include links to all that in the show notes as well. But I really appreciate you hopping on with us to talk to us today. And thanks for all the fantastic work you're doing and those great resources you're putting out. I know I follow you on LinkedIn and I'm always loving seeing your stuff come up in my feed. So well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for cool. having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>